Hello, friends, and welcome to Writing Threads, a podcast for people who love the power of story, for writers and the people who love them. We're so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Heather. Hey, here we are again. Yes, we are. I'm so proud of us. I know, and time flies, doesn't it? It does. It is eight in the morning right now for me. On ten Saturday o'clock. morning. Yeah. yeah. Your central time, so it's 10 a.m. I'm I think it's so amazing how we are able to coordinate. <laughs> I know. I know. Me too. There's always an hour. Yeah. Well, is or there longer? It- <laughs> No, right. I don't know. Maybe there's not, but I would, yeah, I would definitely be filling it up with all the things I need to do to be productive. So this is a nice pause. I agree. I look forward to it. Actually, I get so excited. Like I actually look forward to waking up early for this and I'm usually up anyway, but anyway, how was your week? It was fine. You know, it was like fast and slow because of spring break, the kids home and um, just keeping, keeping them happy and busy and, uh, not spending too much time just sitting there staring at screens. Um, my 16 year old who has been in no hurry to get a driver's license, which is cool with me. Same uh, here. Same. Yeah. Here. I have a 16 year old too. That's the same way. Yeah. And he, he did the whole, um, classroom thing for permit. And then just every time I brought it up, like, let's go take the permit test. Let's do the permit test online. Let's, you know, he'd be like, eh. And so this week I was like, okay, it's spring break. Just, and he did it all, like got online and scheduled it, went with his dad, passed it first time. He was so I did not pass the first time. You know, I don't even remember the permit one. I don't remember. It was getting. Yeah. From what I remember. It was on one of those old clunky computer things that I had to take mine on and I didn't study. I think I thought it was a common sense test. Well, right. And I, you know, and I had, he was literally cramming because he's not someone who would be like, let me prepare for this. You know, he would, I just was like, Hey, take a quick, like in the hours before it, like quick, take an online test that's comparable to it. And he did not pass that one. He, he missed it by one question. And so I think he just expected he was just going to do the same thing and didn't really even care if he didn't pass it because none of his friends passed it the first time. And he's just kind of like, whatever, I don't care about it anyway. But I think he shocked himself with passing. And then um, driving home, he was with his dad and he didn't want to drive on the highway yet. So they took some back roads and, and then they stopped and pulled over before the highway and switched spots. And oh, so, you know, I'm, I love it. yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that he's uh, a little nervous and, you know, that can be bad when you're driving too, but, um, but just that he wants to take his time and get comfortable is totally cool with me. Um, so yeah, that was exciting. And I saw two movies in one day one of the days because one child wanted to go to one and the other child wanted to go to another. Wow. And so, 
and that was like five hours in the movie theater for this old lady. Um, and yeah, it was, I mean, two longish movies. Elsie wanted to see Uncharted and uh, Asher wanted to see the Batman. So, and I definitely prefer one over the other. You guess which one? Oh, I don't know because we're going to see the Batman tomorrow. Please say it was the Batman. Was it, it was the Batman. Or are, sure. are, are you just saying that for me? No, no. Okay, all right. No, Uncharted is fine. I mean, it's like a good story, but very unrealistic. Like where okay. you're like, really? You're flying out the back of an airplane and then landing on a car? I, oh, what? those type of, yeah. No, yeah. Thank you. no, thank you to, from me too, but yeah. it made her happy. So it's fine. We we were also on spring break. I worked all week, so there wasn't really anything spectacular. And we also um, hang out by watching screens. <laughs> so yeah. it was funny because like we had um, a recent therapy appointment, a doctor, well, doctor appointment, actually. And the doctor asked, happened to ask my kid, uh, you know, how much screen time do you get a day? You know, oh, my, yeah. kids are, my yeah. kids are always honest because I mean, like. Uh, I think they know when you're lying anyway, you know? Yeah. And so, and then, um, and then I was like, and we're going to watch a movie tonight and which is more screens. And the doctor Mm -hmm. was like, well, you know, you know, when you're watching it together, that's a little different. He he made me feel really good because like we're snuggling, we're relating, you know, Yeah. Um, Yeah. made me feel better. He's like, that's a little bit of a different type of screen time that he allows. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, good, because that's pretty much what we do. Last night we watched Coda. Have you heard of Coda? I just saw something about it this morning. Um, It stands for children of deaf adults. I believe that's the way you... Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was so good. I think it is nominated for something for the Oscars tomorrow. So I really wanted to try to see it before and it was so good. Um, Oh, good. I'm going to watch it before tomorrow. Um, We enjoyed it and um, we all cried a little bit. It was good, but it was like, it wasn't like, it's just good. You should watch it anyway. That's, that's my, that's my favorite thing we did this week, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so today I wanted, um, I feel like it's been very staff heavy on the episodes lately. And we jumped right in and we got, we got, we're like, we like jump. We didn't even like really share a lot of who we are or, you yeah. know, it's like we jumped right into the deeper stuff, which is totally typical of us and good. Yes, that's how I am with yeah. anyone I meet. Can we yeah. just, you know, no small talk, but right. sometimes those little small talk things lead you to yep. understand the depth of a person. So anyway, I wanted to, we're going to make it a little lighter and fun. And I made some like slam book questions for Heather that I'm going to ask today. And before we get started, I wanted to say a little something about the letter that you included on the end of last week's episode. So I encourage people to go back to episode three. If you haven't listened to the whole podcast at the end, Heather adds in a letter to me um, that is really moving and beautiful. And I've been thinking about it a lot and it was kind of like a, a what if, you know, you didn't go through the, 
what if you weren't victimized through the um my spiritual journey and um I just want to thank you and I I was like thinking about it and it didn't make me sad to think you know when you were asking those questions or just everything you said it made me feel more loved and I realized yes there's a lot of what ifs like what if it had been different um I think um I could be farther along maybe than I am now um maybe suffered less however what is time you know like (laughs) I could have been farther along but if I'm gonna get there anyway you know um Mm -hmm. I feel like as long as I get there um and we're always learning and always seeking and so that is just like my journey um I feel so much hope and so I know that it's hard it's really doesn't um you can't really progress well when you're stuck in the past and you, you know, mm-hmm. dwell on those things. But, you know, I loved envisioning the idea of what if it had been different. And in a way, like almost like, well, in my mind, I can change it. You know, I can go mm-hmm. back to the parts of the times I was hard on myself and I can change that history in my mind now and look mm-hmm. back, be easier on myself now. Um, yeah. And it, it maybe makes it feel a little less heavy. I love that. Yeah. Amen, so they, sister. Yes. <laughs> Amen and hallelujah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Steph. Well, thank you, Heather. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, my first question was, from as far back as you can remember, what did you want to be when you grew up? A mom for real that's it, that's it. uh mom like I, I don't think I could ever answer the question as a kid I maybe don't remember because I have a really spotty memory for my childhood but um you know I don't remember being like a teacher or a doctor you know I didn't have those big dreams at all I was not motivated by a professional mindset, even as a high school student or a college student. So, and I loved kids and loved babysitting and imagined, you know, them being my own, especially because I started at a very young age, you know, back then you babysitting at like eight or nine years old. Um, And so I would always just say a mom and people were like, that doesn't surprise me at all. Cause I was always such a caregiver. Um, but I think, you know, as I got older, it wasn't true anymore necessarily. Like I wasn't, I wasn't this little kid with a lot of patience and fun in me <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so I kept saying it and kept, you know, believing that's all I wanted. Um, And I didn't know I had other aspirations within me at all. And I don't know if that could be largely attributed to the stuff we've been talking about in in previous episodes. Um, And not, it it isn't that I didn't want to be a mom. Um, It, it played itself out. And of course I have three children now that I adore and um, do things like go to two movies in one day for, but, um, but yeah, that's all I could say when I was young. Wow. Would it surprise you to hear that I never thought about being a mom until I became a mom? 
Like it never was something that I pictured. No, like I didn't no. ever, I'm, I didn't envision getting married. You know, that was something like I thought I'm supposed to get married. Um, yeah. And I really didn't even think about kids or like, oh, what am I going to name my baby someday until yeah. I was um, being pushed along to get married. You know, like yeah. it was then it was just like, oh, this is what we're supposed to talk about. Um, you mm-hmm. know, if if we want to get married, what what do we want? You know, that's when we had the discussion. And that was really like the first time I even thought about it for myself. Yeah, you know, I it does surprise me, yes. And I also realize, I guess, you know, because I grew up in kind of a different, um, kind of same, but kind of different than you. And my mom was always a professional. Um, she always had a job. She was always really busy with her work. She did extra things that were her dreams. And so I don't really know why I didn't have that drive. I think there's a part of it that, you know, I felt like I hardly ever saw her. And so I wanted to do something different. I think there's a part of that, Mm, you know, Um, it was part of the reason I was a stay at home mom at first, which actually wasn't a good idea for me at all to make that decision. I think I would have been a healthier, happier mom if I had worked while my kids were small. Um, And so, yeah, it's just interesting, the stuff that affects you, you know, when you're watching your parents and, and the things you want to do the same, the things you want to do differently. But I do think, you know, when I did end up um, finding some of my own stuff and creativity and that uh, my mom had something to do with that because she had always done it. So I had both kind of. That's interesting. And it makes me wonder, like, what? how how is like what I do now shaping my own kids because I don't know what I'm doing now but anyway yeah me either okay Um, (laughs) how okay how did you express your creativity as a child Hmm. you know I I don't know if reading counts I got into reading around around uh fifth grade I wasn't a good reader which is, there's a lot of irony to all this because now I love to write and I have bookstores and I love to read. Um, but in, like in second grade, I was in like a, the needing help class for reading. Um, and it took me a while, but then around fifth grade, I just became an avid reader. Um, and I think, you know, I was probably insecure enough that I didn't even recognize I could express my own creativity. I just liked it when other people did, you know, um, and I would probably emulate. I think I, I was a bit of a chameleon as a kid and a teenager, but, um, but I loved to draw. My dad was always good at drawing. And so I would, I would draw some, but nothing, you know, the thing about I've always noticed about myself is that I didn't chase any particular passion. I just didn't like, I just, I was part of it was I was so socially motivated. I, all I wanted to do is hang out with my friends and not produce anything, (laughs) you know, just laugh and have fun and go places and be around people. And, um, and that was my way of expressing myself because I was such a human being lover, you know? Um, so yeah, it wasn't until 
like my senior year, um, that we had senior college English with Mr. Brown, a wonderful man that was a great teacher. And I remember him telling me, you're a writer, you know how to write. You just say, and too much. <laughs> like in my writing, I said, and too much. And now, I mean, if anyone's familiar with my writing, I'd say, and all the time. Like I, I denied him that change in my writing. Cause I was just the way it's like kind of poetry to me, you know, oh, to say and, and, and so, um, so yeah, I mean, he was wanting me to write like research papers without so much. And I get that, but, um, but yeah, so that was the first time that I had been told that really, you know, that, that I'm a writer and I in no way grabbed onto it at that time. I was just kind of like, okay, thanks. You know, I, I don't, I know it meant a lot to me and I knew that it was true on some level, but once again, I think the insecurity and just my self-esteem wasn't there in a place where I could be like, well, I should like get involved in the writing community at school and go on to do some, you know, college around journalism or English, you know, it, it didn't even, it didn't enter my mind to do that. Did you ever keep a journal or write like super long notes with your friends? I'm just thinking about what it was like for me, like with my friend, Jenny, shout out to Jenny. Um, We have been best friends since kindergarten, but I remember our notes, we've called them chunkers in high school because pages upon pages that we could fold and, you know, slip in the locker. Yeah. Um, And I, I mean, I just am now realizing how that was a way that I, got writing out that what and I was I was never involved in any writing clubs or anything yeah yeah I guess I did I you know I there was a lot of that notes and letters writing back and forth with some of my friends um and I did like sporadically keep a journal or diary or whatever um not consistently ever and I don't know why that is either. I think, you know, I've, I've recognized that it's, you know, that I always had ADHD and didn't, it wasn't recognized then and a lot of anxiety and my brain just has never allowed me to be all that disciplined. And so like people who could do that, like every, every night or whatever, you know, I was always like, I wish I could be consistent with it. But I just like, I lose the journal, you know, like it yeah. just didn't write everything everywhere and grab a piece of paper and write something, you know, no, I mean, in it, it, you know, because of my background, I thought I had to write that stuff to God. Like I didn't know it was an expression. Do you know what I mean? Like it was yeah. like hard help me to not be this way and help me to not be that way. And how sad is that, that that's what I took my time to do when I, you know, cause it was always about forgiveness, like looking for forgiveness for myself and thing or something like that. Yeah. Um, cause I do have some that I look back on and I'm like, look at my focus. My focus is all shame focused mm. and that's sad. And I, you know, as a, as an adult, I would have loved to have consistently kept a journal. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I did. I had a blog, you know? So, and, yeah. So when, what, at what point did you get the spark 
that you because when I read your writing, you're a writer, you know, and I just imagine that you've been writing since you could hold a pen, you know, mm-hmm. so like, just because, I mean, you can't tell with anyone. I mean, like, you right. just don't yeah. know. But like, mm-hmm. do you recall a time where you felt the spark and the drive? And like, you was it at blogging time or way before? It was at blogging time or after blogging time, because I had a friend um, tell me, you should start a blog when it was like 2007, you know, and I, I didn't even know what it was. I was like, a what? Why did, and why did they tell you to start one? I think because she saw it. She saw my creativity and she's just a really intuitive, creative idea person. And um, shout out to Kelly. And, and she you know, I was like, I don't get what that is. And she's like, well, just look it up. And, you know, and she had one, she was, her creativity was all wrapped up in cooking and creating. And she had this hilarious blog, um, called orange. You glad I didn't say jello. And, (laughs) um, and so I looked at hers and I was like, Oh, I kind of get it, you know? And then just started doing it. And it was very like, I think my first post was like, here are my cute two tiny boys at the, at the Halloween or, you know, at some orchard, it was around Halloween time. And so it was very, and I didn't understand people could read it. Like I thought it only the people I, I sent it to. So I was like telling people they could subscribe, but they were just my, my people, my family, my friends. And this is before I even used Facebook, you know? So, so I, I got the spark when I started reading other blogs and realizing, cause then, you know, people would comment and I'm like, I don't know who this person is. And so I would click on their name and they would have a blog and I'd be like, Oh, this is a whole thing. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't fully understand it. And so the more I understood it and the more I looked around and found all these amazing writers and or just cool people like a lot of people didn't write on a blog to be writers you know um they were just sharing themselves and their lives and I just loved it and I I discovered that people were utilizing it to say more than we're at the orchard today and so I just I fell in love with the fact that they were expressing themselves and I was like I just started doing it naturally like it just poured out of me once I started doing it that way. And I, you know, started to get complimented on my writing and I was a little confused by it at first because I'd never considered myself a writer. So, so I, it just took a lot of practice and, and a lot of like, wait a minute, maybe they're telling me the truth, you know, that I have a different voice. I, you know, I'm, I'm able to express myself in a way that um, not everyone can and to just go with that. And that's really when it started. And I can't say that I've ever been fully confident. Like I am so good at this, (laughs) you know, I've never, I've never uh, felt like my writing was that good. I feel like I need some sort of, um, classes and, you know, and, and I, I could use them. I would love that. I would love to do things, um, to learn more about writing and, 
you know, I want to go beyond what I have already done, but I am just really grateful for discovering it. And I'm grateful for what came out of it. And I can't stop doing it now or I get sad. So what is, what does that look like for you now? Like, how do you get in your flow? What is, um, where do you write? And when do you, mm-hmm. do you have a, is it uh, like just whenever it comes on for you? Or do you find that you have um, certain ways that you're like, I, I'm getting in the, in the zone right mm-hmm. now. Right. Um, I have never had a, practice that gets me in the zone it's all sparks and or sometimes I just like now that I write on medium I'll just open it and open a new post or whatever they're called there um and sit for a minute and just just write you know um just write. yeah I'll just think of something that's happened and I'll start writing about it and see where it goes. That's how I've always kind of done it. There are a lot of really shitty drafts in there in both, you know, in years and years of blogging, there's a million drafts in there that I was like, what was I talking about? That didn't go anywhere. And that's fine. It was a, it was just a practice. And, and on medium, I have a lot of drafts too, that, you know, I just was like, I think I was trying too hard to say something here. I don't have anything to say today and that's okay. Um, but a lot of the time, because of all of the stuff I feel so deeply, it, something comes of it. And I just follow its, its leading, I guess. I, I try not to push for anything. And I, you know, I, I remember um, Megan Francis telling me, or, or I saw it online or something. I don't know if we were messaging or what, but she was talking about how she can't write unless she's sitting in her bed with her legs up. <laughs> like just asked to be that way. And I, and I, and I feel like if I remember right, she asked me if I have to do something like that. And I was like, no, like I, I don't. Sometimes I'm sitting at the house we moved into has this built in corner desk in our bedroom. Like I can't move it around the room. <laughs> so I'm like facing the corner feeling like I'm in timeout, but I, um, Yeah. So, but I can, sometimes I feel good about sitting at a desk. You know, I feel good about like, like feeling like I have my butt in the seat and this is what I'm meant to be doing in this seat. I can still get distracted, of course, like, cause I'm surrounded by books and all the paperwork and bills and to-do lists while I'm sitting here, which I should just like throw it all on the floor before I sit down with my laptop. But, um, and then uh, sometimes because I get up so much earlier than my family, I sit in the living room, just sit in the chair and my laptop on my lap and George, the dog is next to me. And I, some mornings I have something come out of me and some are just like the other times where I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this right now. Cause I just don't have the spark right now, but I will tell you that the best ideas come to me in the shower and I have learned over the years that's because it's like the one of the only times in the day you are by yourself and have free flow of your own thoughts and sometimes your kids still bang on the door and ask you what you're doing um but it's something about water too for me it's just Mm -hmm. 
I don't know what it is, but you know how you, your whole body has to kind of come alive with all that pelting of the water <laughs> and your brain starts working better. And I just, sometimes I like someone told me once I should keep one of those waterproof notebooks in there, or yeah. like, you know, yeah. but I just don't get around to doing things like that. So sometimes I have to hurry. Like I hurry to get out of the shower because I'm like, I gotta get to the words before they slip away. But other than that, it's just, I'm inspired by other people's writing more than anything and music. I was going to say, I think that recently there was time I was in the shower and I, I had my phone on the counter and I had to text you something while I was in the shower. (laughs) That happens. (laughs) <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Okay. I love this. This is so yeah. interesting to me. <laughs> well, good. I hope it's yeah. interesting to other people too, because yeah. it's like, uh, yeah. Okay. Just some so, other stuff. So you mentioned that you have bookstores. Can I hear more about that? What is this about? Well, it's been five years just crazy to me. And Facebook just reminded me of that, of course, with Facebook memories. But um, I live in a very small town in rural Minnesota. And I uh, love the coffee shop. And of course, I love coffee. And I was there like every day, getting myself a coffee or just like meeting somebody or whatever. And, um, and I just looked around and thought, I just had this vision of what it could look like if it were just the walls were just covered in bookshelves. Um, and the owner, uh, you know, I had gotten to know her from being in and out of there. And I, I just, one day I came up to her and I was like, what do you, what do you think about like, if the whole place had bookshelves everywhere, there could be bookshelves. And it was like a used bookstore and I ran it, you know? And she was just like, Oh, you know, and it didn't take her long at all. I'm so grateful for her openness to the vision. Um, and she was kind of like, yeah, cause I'm not good with the aesthetics of the place at all. It's not my jam. And I, and you know, it was, um, all blue, like kind of a light blue color walls and hardly any art on the walls. So it felt kind of clinical and she knew that. And so, um, at that time, my dad wasn't sick yet. And he built all the shelves and they covered the entire place. And um, there are thousands of books in there. Um, so it became a book cafe. And I highly recommend this route if people are dreaming of having a bookstore. Because, you know, if you don't have space in your life for it, or you know, like, you're going to have to pay way too much in rent to, um, or buy a building and pay a mortgage, you know, and it's going to be too much for selling books. I mean, you don't, it's not like I'm going to get rich. Um, so just sharing the space and having two different businesses is a really great option. It has worked beautifully. And then, um, there's another, there's a bigger city. (laughs) It's not big compared to other places, but, um, that is about 15, 20 miles from here. And, I had worked at this restaurant for a long time and they opened a second one, a second location. And they asked if I would do it there too, because they liked the idea so much. Um, so yeah, I get to have a bookstore. I get to go like looking for books to put in it. Well, I was going to ask, was... where did you get the books to stock it initially? And how do you keep that going? Um, I did a lot of thrifting to prepare. Um, and then I had a book raiser 
to kick off the business. So we did a story show with live storytelling and people came to the story show with their boxes and bags of books to make sure I would have enough to kick it off, which is a, you know, maybe a small town thing too, but people were so supportive and totally got the vision, you know, and just wanted it to succeed. So there were so many books donated and then I had already, you know, boxes and boxes and boxes from like thrifting at all kinds of places, library sales, church sales, you name it. I go looking for quality books and I'm really picky about their condition. People come into the store and they're like, they're, but these are all new. And I'm like, no, they're not new. I'm just really picky about it. So it's got a reputation for that, that you can feel like you're getting a new book and, um, and pay only like three or six dollars for it if it's something new and hardcover that I happen to come across it'll be a little bit more money but the you know it's it's mostly three and six dollars that people can buy their books for and there's a lot of regulars and we are a resort community so in the summer there's tons of people from all over here and they love it because they're here to be at the cabin and the beach and they come in for a coffee and they're like wait you know like wait this is, this is a, a bookstore dream of mine I love yeah. this yeah so I, okay yeah oh go ahead oh I was just gonna say it it's work I mean it's it's not it's a side gig for sure it can't really be I mean unless I was gonna like I don't know what I would have to do to make it a not a side gig and more of my full-time like um income but um but, you know, all the book shopping and marking the books and getting them in the shelves. And I, I have all the genres separated and all of them alphabetized by author and all of that stuff. Um, it is, you know, and I, I go in there as much as possible to clean up and straighten up. And I don't want the the people who own the restaurant or coffee shop part of it to feel like they have to keep up with that. Um there are times where I text and say, oh, my dad's in the hospital and I, I can't get there. And then they have someone on their staff just straighten up and they're very helpful and kind to me. Um, so it works out really great for a person who cannot have a strict schedule. That's so great. Okay. Yeah. I need to know what is, what do you order when you get coffee? Oh, I, uh, I used to always get a dirty chai. So Ooh, a that. chai latte yeah with espresso in it hot um hot and um in the summer I do a lot of a lot of here and there iced or blended stuff um but I got a while ago I got into breves which is so healthy with the heavy whipping cream they're made of so what exactly is a brevet it is just like like heavy whipping cream that you would buy to make your own whipped cream it's an espresso so it's like heavy milk, you know, it's like creamy. And I, once I had it, I, I was like, but now the regular milk or almond milk or soy milk, they all just taste so boring to me. It's so bad. Oh my God. Too funny. So yeah, I do. I get a small one. I get them way too often and I have them put just a little bit of vanilla. Cause I don't, I don't like super sweet. I think that's why I got off the chais. I was like, it's just like, I feel too old for this. Oh my goodness. My body can't process the sugar. Okay. Well, I feel like I'm jumping all over the place, but one spot I wanted to jump back to is, um, who were you in high school? 
<laughs> it's so funny to think about that, isn't it? Um, and not who were you trying to be or right. who, you know what I'm saying? Or who mm-hmm. did you wish you were like, who were mm-hmm. you really? I, yeah. And I, you know, I didn't want to be anybody different. I feel like I had like kind of weirdly happy high school years. Like people talk about how hard it was and it, and it's, it's part of privilege. I realize, you know, that it wasn't that hard for me. Um, and I did have, there's something about growing up in a small town and having the same friends since kindergarten and like, um, knowing everybody's families and you have a very big family in a small community. And I adored my friends in actually leaving high school is very hard for me because they were my family. And I just, I remember at my graduation party, we got back from the, you know, having the actual graduation at school and I went into my parents' room and I'm having, they had the party right after at our house. And I went into my parents' room and I was just sobbing. Like it was just, it felt so over and so final. And now what? And I didn't know what I wanted and I didn't want to miss my friends. And it, you know, it was really hard for me. Um, so, you know, I did have a core group of friends, but we were a class of 1993 that, um, that didn't have a lot of dissension in it. Didn't have a lot of hierarchy, you know, like it just was different. And, and so we knew everybody and, and I feel like, you know, I, I, I considered everybody friend, even though I know I have memories of me being not that nice of a person all the time, you know, just being immature high school stuff. But um, I, you know, there was drama, but it was just different then. And I, I did okay in school. I was never all that, um, into grades and stuff at that time. Um, I was very, like I said, very social. Like I was never home. I always had to be doing something. And I met my high school boyfriend on the last day of eighth grade. I didn't meet him because we, what am I talking about? I mean, we grew up together since kindergarten, but I hadn't known him that well until we got a little older. And, um, and so we ended up being together on and off through the rest of high school. And that was a big part of probably my happiness in high school. And, you know, he was, he was a sports guy. So I was always busy going to his stuff and, you know, it just was fun. And, um, a whole other episode is that I'm now married to him. And that is a a very long story that has its ups and downs and, um, things about it that I, I wish had happened differently and things about it that couldn't have been any other way. Um, so we had not spoken in 20 years, um, when I re-met him and, um, we both, you know, were at the end of ourselves at the time, um, he was separated working on, you know, getting divorce stuff done. And I was, um, 
still with my husband living in Austin, Texas, was just visiting home. Um, so it's a long, long story, but here we are. We, we've been married for just a, it'll, it'll be two years in May, but we've been together for about seven or eight years, I think bad at remembering. Um, but that's pretty crazy. I mean, and, and, and I knew, you know, in high school, he was something special. My soul knew. And I knew after I left that situation and went away, um, from him that, I would always regret it. And so it's, you know, it's a cool life story, also a bumpy life story, but um, I think we can that talk will about be, that. I think that will be one that would be interesting for us to talk about because I can't remember how much you know about my yeah. situation. Yeah. No, I but, do. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, pretty crazy. Part- Same thing. Yeah. I mean, how weird is it? Like, and we were totally separate from not even really connected at those times. when we were going through all that, you and I, um, I also, um, the one who I always thought was my one true love that I met Mm -hmm. in youth group as a 13, 14 year old. And, um, also am with him today that after, you know, 20 years later type of thing, never, ever, um, never stopped loving. Like that was Mm -hmm. the and, but I yep. just thought, you know, uh, it was, I took a different path, you know, mm-hmm. that I thought was the right path. Yeah. And it's funny how it's so hard to explain, you know, it feels unexplainable, but mm-hmm. like, I felt like I had this knowing in me all this time. Yeah. And we, and just talking about, you know, I could be farther along, but what is time if we get there anyway? Yeah. That's yeah, a big, up, perfect I mean, example. It, it ends up, I mean, like, how, yeah, it, and it was not manufactured by either of us. You know, it was just like, how did this come to be? It will be that will be an interest. And the thing is, with me, is that we tend to be pretty private about it. So I don't know how much, yeah, is my story to share. You know, right? But yeah. very same here. But I know my part in it that I that yep. is part of me to share. But it is. And oh, and then it's funny because, and we don't have to go off on a big trail on this, but I, when I start doubting myself, is I worry, um, is part like, is this part of me? What is it? Is it part of what we went through that we go back? You know, like mm-hmm. you know, that thing, is it going back or is it just be, you know, experiencing what's supposed to happen? Yeah. 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 We have so much to talk about on this topic. We We will do do an episode on it. Okay. So let's see. Oh, I want to tell you one last thing I wanted to tell you. This is funny stuff. I mean, to me, it's funny stuff. Like, okay. So I was to say who was Heather, if I had to describe myself, I was bubbly, outgoing, silly, ridiculous. Like that's what I loved. And that I had a lot of joy. Were you loud? Were you like, I like my laugh. I mean, I had a signature laugh that I still, I mean, people still comment on my laugh, but you know, uh, I wasn't disruptive. I didn't get in trouble except for in elementary school. Uh, You know, I couldn't stop like passing notes or whispering to my neighbor or whatever. Um, in high school, I think I had learned to control myself a little bit more, but, um, you know, in the yearbook where it's like most likely to succeed, there was one that was like best personality and it was myself and my friend Glenn. 
And I look back at that and I'm like, really? There, I mean, you know, just because there was so many people who had such fantastic personalities, but um, I think we were the two of us that were, um, you know, pictured there were, uh, we had a tenderness for other people. And even if I screwed that up a lot, I mean, I'm sure there's people in high school who have stories about me, you know, being too good for them or whatever it was. But I, uh, that is, that kind of sums it up, you know, and, and I don't know that I was pretending at it. I really don't think I was. I, I feel like I just loved having fun. So yeah, we can move on from high school now. I, I, st- I, I still want to be her and I really? struggle with being her. Yeah. Cause I'm still her, you know, what, like I'm what, still, what do you feel like you aren't? What parts I, is gone or gone or missing? I'm, I'm just not as much fun. I, I just think it's midlife. I like, I just think, and the way I took on motherhood and the way I, you know, have taken on the stuff with my parents and the caregiving, it's like, I'm happy to do it. I love these people so much and it, it depletes everything from me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's times where I'm definitely still more fun, but even just looking back, like five, six, seven years, I feel like I was more fun and free. Um, but I, I just think it's midlife. I really do. I just think that there's this period of time where it's really hard to be that, but I will say that I still have the weird, crazy ideas in my friend groups and where they're like, okay, you know, we, (laughs) my friend Jessica has awful Lyme disease and she's homebound a lot. And so one day, just, I think this was like last year or the year before I told our fellow friends, like she and I just loved Wilson Phillips when we were in junior high. And so we went and over to her house and opened our cars doors and played that song and I made everyone do a dance together to hold on for one more day and um and we lip sync the whole time because this is something Jessica and I did in high school all the time was the lip syncing and recording ourselves on a video camera you know and she came outside and was just like how is this happening I mean you know just laughing crying you know, and we had the most ridiculous actions to the song. And I just, that's me. Like, I just love doing stuff like that. That is so weird and ridiculous. And people were driving by going, what are these middle-aged women doing in this yard? But yeah, so I'm still like that. I just don't have a lot of time and energy for it anymore. (laughs) And how long ago was this that you did the, the Wilson Phillips thing? Oh, just like within the last couple of years. I love it. That, that <laughs> should happen more. But also that reminds me, I skipped over a really important question. Uh-huh. Um, like who, when you're a kid or try to go as far back as you remember. And then as you get older, mm-hmm. like, did you have celebrity crushes or favorite bands or musicians? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. I, um, I can't remember anything of being a small kid I don't remember loving any certain kind of music but um you know starting probably middle school junior high high school I was definitely into the boy bands um I think I was older when like NSYNC and 
Backstreet Boys came around, but I loved them and especially Justin Timberlake because, you know, he would be the one. He would be the one. And then he continued to have success. And I'd be like, I told you so. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and Wilson Phillips, that, you know, was a big deal at that time. I, I guess when I was a younger kid, there was all that like Tiffany, Cindy Lauper. Um, I was, I was, I was into what was cool, I think, you know, being an emulator. And um, I kind of look back on it and wish I wasn't. Like, I wish I would have understood music better, but I didn't. I just didn't. So um, my first concert ever was Chicago. Ooh. So, do you remember Chicago? Oh, yeah, I know Chicago. Yeah. So, but I went with my friend Jenna, and I don't remember, there was someone else with us, I think, but, um, and we loved their music, but we spent the whole time out in the hallway talking to boys we met at the concert instead of listening to the concert. That sounds so fun. Uh, I was, I was like, I was not that kid. I was the kid that was watching this concert. Well, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm kind of like, wow, we didn't, I don't, I don't think we were bored. I think we just met these people and wanted to talk to them. So, and that I did always, always happen. Wanted, like, I always wanted to like talk to someone or like, I think I was dreamed of like, oh, what if I meet someone here or whatever, but I was yeah. never, like I never had the confidence in that. Well, and I, yeah, I had, you know, like at camp or things like this where you're in crowds of people, they always picked my friends over me. But, you know, like it was always like no guy was like, I picked that one. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, it, but and I think, you know, I it was always Jenna. It was always Jenna. But um. Yeah, I still, I mean, I just loved talking to people and being the sidekick, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, and I did love, you know, I loved Whitney. I loved Michael Jackson. I don't know. I mean, and and my dad has a really great voice and he would put it on the oldies station. So I learned to love mm -hmm. oldies. And um, he loved stuff like the Oak Ridge Boys and... Um, like the gambler. I remember the gambler oh, by heart. Yeah. That was, just, that was the same for my family too. Oak Ridge boys, Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Dolly. Oh, Kenny yeah. Rogers. I think I'm going to listen to that after we. Oh my gosh. The gambler is such a great song. I have to um, say, well, sorry to interrupt, but no, you're fine. It wasn't until very recently that I thought the lyrics were you better count your money while you're sitting at the table. It's not? You never count your oh, money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did know that. Okay. I thought okay, it yes. was, you better. you better. I don't know why. And, like, someone was like, no, those, that's that's not a good idea. Yeah, that's hilarious. You know what song I had wrong all those years? Um, You know that song, Voices Carry? Yes, I love that song. Okay, I thought it was saying, this is scary. Oh, this is scary. <laughs> it doesn't even sound that much like it, but I did. I remember learning, like recognizing one day, like, yeah. oh, it's not saying that. There's so many, so many of those examples, but yeah. 
And now music, I mean, now it's a wide variety of stuff. And of course, I, I think I mentioned every podcast, Brandy Carlisle's name. Oh, I have loved Brandy okay. Carlisle for a long time. I have a friend in Kentucky named Holly who introduced me to her. I had only vaguely known some of her popular songs way back then. And, and this was probably, I don't know, over 10 years ago. Um, I went there with another friend and she, she was like, Hey, I have tickets while you're here. I have tickets for Brandy Carlisle. And I thought she meant Belinda Carlisle, like the 80s singer. And I was Mm -hmm. like, why would we want to do that? Like I, you know, okay. And she was raving about Brandy Carlisle and I was just sort of confused. And then we went to the concert and it was seriously like life-changing, just so powerful and beautiful and I've loved her ever since, listened to everything she's ever made. And um, when I need, like when I'm just at the end of myself, I just put it on Brandy Carlisle Spotify and spend time there. I had a very spiritual experience on an airplane recently with her new album. Oh, yeah. It really, it did something mm-hmm. to me. I'm a big fan. Big fan. Yeah. yeah. And it was, you- I was, oh, go ahead. Have you gone to any of her concerts? I've never seen her in concert other than like, I think, what did we see from Blistom or whatever? Wasn't there? I know Barbara Jones had her around for some blogging thing sometime. Really? Yes. Back, way back. I don't think I was aware of that. And I probably didn't know who she was or something. Yeah. Um, Oh, it made me think of something that I forgot. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember she covered... um, was it Brian Adams heaven? You know, that song I just remember hearing, like when I used to listen to Pandora all the time and there yeah. was a song where she covered, she was very young. She did the cover of, um, heaven. And okay. I, that was when I first remember hearing her and falling in love. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And then, then once you get to know about her story and her book, broken horses is amazing. Let me just say, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I loved totally it. recommend listening on Audible because she sings after every chapter and it's so good. Yeah. Uh, and actually, like, I listened to it and then my, I was like, with my partner, I was like, okay, you're going to want to hear this. So we restarted the whole book. Yeah. That's awesome. It yeah. So good. It's good. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah. Um, well, I'm just trying to think of like how we end this today. Do I, 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 there's a couple other questions that I think could be saved for another day because they go heavy. But one of them that was actually the first question I had that we never even got to mm-hmm. was something I was thinking about um, was what were Sunday mornings like at your house uh, growing up? Uh, did you, all go to church did you go on Sundays and what did it look like those like that hour before you had to go to church um I feel like it was just so second nature so like I didn't fight getting up my sister didn't fight getting up you know like it was just so ingrained in us it had just always been that way um it wasn't real fancy we we, you know, it was a pretty small town community thing. Um, and I can, yeah, I mean, I remember the, like getting behind being late, people snapping at each other, which is, I think, typical of 
most church going people. And then they're like, okay, wait, we're going to church. And we here we are just being our most human selves. Like, you know, and then, and then what a stark contrast when you get there, you had to just like, hi, everybody, everything's fine. Um, and yeah, I mean, it wasn't, I, you know, like I said, it, it's very hard for me to remember things, but I have this vivid memory of being in high school and dressing super like I was going to an eighth grade dance or something like, and intentionally, this is so embarrassing, but it was very intentional. Like I liked a lot of boys at church. That was part of the draw. Um, Same and, for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't marry any of them, but but I, I can remember, you know, there was a, a definite style at the time with like the spandexy mini skirt look. And I had a white one, very short. I mean, not like short now where you, where you can like see the butt cheeks, but short. And this, I wore it with this like polyester looking, brightly colored flowered shirt button down with the front tuck, like a French tuck in the front and then longer in the back to sort of cover my butt. But like, I have, I have this memory of wanting that attention, which I don't know why, like my mom and dad were like, this is, yeah, let's go. Just don't like walk up any stairs, you know? I mean, and then I, I can remember we, the you know the kids and teens who were old enough sat up in the balcony together and I remember a bunch of guys were following behind me as we got to the stairs to the balcony and I remember feeling very insecure but I you know like just like what and whispered comments behind me you know while we're walking up the stairs I don't know what that was I'm just that's a very random story when you ask how was getting ready on Sunday mornings but is what I, this is why I, I mean I think I hold on to very vivid memories like that and the rest is just sort of a blur but it was it's interesting because everything we've been talking about in previous episodes what there's something to that too you know like I didn't wear that to school isn't that interesting that's you know? really I, yeah uh, to be honest I think it sounds like a cool outfit to me but I <laughs> I have I, I have a similar experience where I felt because see I really liked to be fashionable, you know, and, and to me it was like important that I never was seen like in the same outfit twice, like, you know, or mm-hmm. like I would like make it look different each time. And I think I remember getting in a situation where I wore something that I was a little uncomfortable with to church. Um and it was when we were going to a new church where I really, I think they were more conservative than I was expecting, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, I remember wearing something that met the condition of, I haven't worn this before, you know? And so I'm going to wear this and it was very short. And I remember feeling very judged. And I don't know, like if we went back to that day if that would have been real I have a feeling yes I was being judged but yeah like it was that feeling of knowing it and feeling 
it was probably shame, but embarrassment, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, I can't wait to not be here anymore and change, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's something, I don't know. I'll have to think more about that, but I have a similar Mm -hmm. remembering of, to be honest, I think it was me just like trying to maybe searching for myself at that moment or my identity or is this it you know that was not yeah oh yeah 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 and you know it reminds me of a quick second story that so I ended up going to a very conservative college as well a lot of rules um and I remember I was walking to class from the dorms one day I was wearing a jumper of sorts um that was a shorts jumper. And the rule there was, you know, you could not wear anything short there. It was about modesty, of course. And um, it was not short. Like, it, you know, it was like big shorts, whatever the did style it, was. It, did it meet your fingertips? <laughs> That's exactly what the rule was right above your knee, three fingers. If it, yeah. And I think it did. I mean, I wasn't all that concerned about the, that rule. I don't remember being like, I'm going to put my shorts on and then measure. My, I just didn't care. But um, I was stopped by some kind of staff person on my way to class and told I needed to turn around and go back to my dorm and put on something different so that I didn't cause people to stumble. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ick, ick, ick. And I remember that shame and I remember the frustration and I remember being like, now I'm late. And at that, like I got more um, into academic like achievement in college. Um, I went to community college first and I think, you know, that was a good transition for me because it wasn't so hard right away. And I did really well there. So then I wanted to keep doing well, but so I was frustrated. Like I can't go to class because apparently I'm going to affect other people in my ridiculous romper, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I, we have all those kinds of things to talk about all the time, but that's just another vivid memory of what I wore in a Christian situation that apparently I shouldn't have, but I have a lot of those stories from that college too. Yeah. How, um, I'm just curious, like, I know what it's like here, um, with my kids, uh, and Mm -hmm. do you find that your kids ever push boundaries with clothing or anything? Like there have definitely been times I've dropped a kid off (laughs) at middle school and Mm -hmm. I had to be like, you have, you have shorts under that, you know, (laughs) like, um, because there's a thing where you wear the baggy t-shirt and it doesn't look like there's anything underneath and You know, and I basically just want to make sure she's covered, you know, like, I mean, like just the parts are covered, but because here there are, they're really good about not shaming kids for Mm -hmm. clothes like that, especially girls, you know, here it's especially not, they are very against that, you know, because they don't want to come across that way, which I love. But it, it does right. take some adjusting for me sometimes. And I'm yeah. the one. I mean, and of course, I don't want anyone to feel any shame, you know, mm-hmm. ever. But there are times that I just want to make sure all the body parts are covered. 
and yeah, then and, sure. but and like so the half shirt thing has been happening and I think the thing that I feel the most is I wish I would have had that confidence yeah yeah I, I get that I you know my daughter is only 10 and she thinks she's 16 so it can be a little tricky with clothes. I mean, she'll, she's cut clothes, you know, she's, she, she's fully herself about her attire and everything, you know, which I adore about her. Um, but you know, and I've never had to tell her like, you can't wear that to school. Like, I think she knows boundaries a little, you know, she's like, I, you know, I can't have my stomach showing I'm 10. I think she's aware of that, you know, like, because to me, there's still some age appropriateness to it. You know, like I, the high school girls, I could care less. I could care less what they're wearing, you know, and I don't feel any judgment of like, why are your shorts so short? Or why are you, you know, I, I just think trends are trends and, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm just not uptight about that. And I hope to not be when she gets to that stage, you know, I, I, I don't know. Cause I can see her definitely following trends and, you know, pushing the limits and I'll, I'll have to report back to you at that time. Yeah. And the boys, they're just always in comfortable, comfortable, huge clothes. My boys are just very like, sweatshirts and sweatpants or those, you know, like the comfortable pants. I don't know what they're called. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like if I can't blame them. (laughs) No. And I'm like, if I handed them a pair of jeans, they would be like, what is this? They don't, they just don't. I, I kind of, I, I look back and I'm like, Oh, I I have pictures from high school where we had huge sweatshirts on. Cause that was the, the thing. Um, but we did wear jeans all the time and they were, you know, either rolled or pinned or something, but you know, we were comfortable. Like I have a lot of high school pictures where I look like I just rolled out of bed and came just as I was. And I'm so glad, I'm glad that I didn't care. And I'm still a lot that way. I've never been really into, um, my appearance, but I, I will say, here we go on another side note, but, um, I don't remember what I was listening to and it was talking about weight. Oh, it was, we can do hard things, of course. And it was the one, um, about the pro aging one, the most recent one. And I think it was anyway. And I, and they were talking about, you know, glorifying beauty and glorifying thinness and, um, and how we change over time. And, and Glennon was talking about having an eating disorder and how she will literally stump people. Like when they're like, Oh, you're so, you're so thin. That must be so nice. She's like, Oh yeah. Having a raging eating disorder is so much fun. And she'll actually say that, you know, like something like that to people. And I think, you know, a part of my identity, like when you asked me who I was, and I think still of who I am now, in high school, I was tiny. Now I'm still tiny. I've never not been tiny. I think there was maybe like the freshman 15 happening in college, but 
it didn't change me that much. Like I can look at pictures and see like a little difference in me, but um, I have always had a super high metabolism. It has nothing to do. I've always had a really shitty diet. Like I should gain weight (laughs) by the way that I eat or, and I had to have disordered eating. It's not, it's not like having an eating disorder, but I, I can like forget to eat. And you know, that's an anxiety thing too. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was consistently told things about my thinness and I didn't have to work on it. And that is just the way it is. It's like not anything I'm choosing or not choosing. And I've never really been obsessed with it because I didn't have to, you know, like I, how did it make you feel when people commented? Um, it makes me feel weird. Like to this day, I think when, when I was younger, it was just kind of awkward, you know, like I'd just be like, well, I guess this is the way it is. I don't, you know, um, and guys, men have always really liked it. And that was uncomfortable for me. You know, like I can remember, I have a lot of vivid memories. Like I have a guy, I remember a guy sitting next to me, we were partying or whatever back in my drinking days. And he put his hand on my thigh and went on and on about how great it was that it was so tiny. Wow. And I just remember feeling very weird, you know, just like, Oh, it's just my leg. It's the way my leg is. I don't know. You know, um, And, you know, her bringing that up made me think about my identity and that it, you know, not because it hasn't been of my creating. Um, It's what other people describe for you or, yeah. Yeah. And it's what I, yeah. It's what the culture wants, you know, so I, but I never had to battle with it, which is actually a gift, you know, that I didn't have to battle with it, but you know, or, or think like, oh, I'm getting too big. I got to go on a diet. Like I've never had to struggle with that. And I recognize that it's really hard for a lot of people and I wish nobody had to struggle with it. Yeah. But I will say that the latest thing and why I was, why it resonated so much with me when that was said on the podcast is because I have started answering that bluntly and honestly to people because I am tired of it being commented on. And someone recently said, you know, something like, you are so thin. I'm so jealous. And I said, well, you can have a lot of extreme anxiety and stress and you'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, because that's a big part of it for me, I've always struggled with anxiety and it's not fun. It's not great. It's not healthy. And I'm not complaining like in the way that would be annoying complaining about this. Right. It's just uh, I know. something I'm something I'm recognizing. And I think it's a way that I hope, you know, things start to evolve that, you know, when people, if you don't respond that way, mm-hmm. maybe that person will still go on. I mean, maybe it'll make them think. And I think yeah. it pushes the needle. It gets the needle moving to gu- guide people to not say comments like that or right. to really think about it. Cause I think a lot of people aren't thinking I relate a lot to Glennon because I, I did have an eating, well, I've had an eating disorder since I was about 12 and mm-hmm. um, 
So I really relate a lot. I have, I have a thigh story. (laughs) Um, My thigh story was probably, I want to say I was like fifth grade ish age and I was swimming at a pool with my family. And I was always a little kid too. I was always tiny, Mm -hmm. but I was like fifth grade ish time where you're starting to change. And my mom all patted my grandmother mama she patted my thigh and said mama's little thunder thighs oh and, wow and made a big deal about it and oh. to be, and if you go back to a picture I was very tiny so it wasn't right. I mean even if I had big thighs it wouldn't have mattered but like mm-hmm. I that it wasn't however um and I loved my mama like I know she never would have said it with a mean spirit or to ever cause mm-hmm any sort of um, trouble in my life. Right, but I, right. I will tell you, it was a turning point for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was just that moment that I'll never forget. Actually, there's been times where I was like, so when I've thought about writing my memoir, I have a chapter titled Thunder Thighs. And that it's like maybe even like a, a soft title option for the book, but and I'm like, I don't know. Anyway, I'm, I I'm love sure that. I'm taking... I, I mean, I, I don't yeah. love that, but I mean, you know, I, know. I love the idea. No. no, but in a way I take ownership of the story, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it is, and, but to get back with just having the eating disorder is not always about like, so part of it is about how I look, but like 99% of it is internal you know, like mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. Um, maybe a different rep- oh, different way that the anxiety comes out, you know, like, yeah. so, um, but I, it's interesting to hear your perspective because I love that. And I think it's important that people are conscious of those comments mm-hmm. uh, and maybe think a little deeper, you know? Right. Right. Because you don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, yeah. I, I can't even tell you how many times people have either asked me directly or asked a close friend of mine if I'm okay with my eating. Interesting. And I'm just, you know, yeah. even if I wasn't, like, why, why, why are we so focused on this? You know, like, I get, I get the concern. Like, if I was you know, harming myself and people are concerned, but I don't even know how to explain why it feels so wrong. You know, it's being just... misunderstood. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, to me, it feels like you're being misunderstood and you're not being given the benefit of the doubt, which is a huge mm-hmm. trigger in my life. Always. It's just like, I feel like yeah. I, always think about what could be going on behind the scenes. And I always give people the benefit of the doubt. I try to understand before I don't understand. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's so like frustrating or whatever. It hurts my feelings in a way when I don't receive that from other people or Mm -hmm. it's an accusation or um, feeling shamed or feeling um, criticized or maybe I can't really think of it to me. It's just yeah. being understood before even trying to understand first. Yeah. Yeah. It's the assumptions. Yeah. It's, it's bothersome to me. I mean, we all make them, we all have our biases and our, and our judgments that flash through our heads, but stopping to think 
like, wait a minute, let me think about this critically and let me ask myself why I'm asking this question. Um, that just doesn't happen very often, especially online. But, um, but yeah, I think it's, and I, the thing about it is like, even a deeper level thing, like if you're assuming that I have an eating disorder and you want to be concerned about it, how about like, especially, I mean, the only one that should be addressing that with me would be Jason or a dear, dear friend. You know what I mean? Like, because we all have our stuff. We all have it. And if people were concerned about my drinking at the time that I was drinking my face off, would I want the acquaintance of a close friend of mine coming up to me and saying, I think you're drinking too much. I mean, like it, it, it comes down to none of your business, I guess. And just concerning yourself with your own stuff and realizing like, okay, so what if I did, what, what if I did have an eating disorder? Is it your situation? Is it your circus? Not, no, that's true. You know, maybe get to know the person. Yeah. Show them love, show kindness. Well, just for being them, even about you. Yeah. 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 So anyway, yeah, well, we got off on a thing there at the end. And now, of course, we talked past an hour like we oh, do, no. but that's okay. Of course well, we did. What, it's it's well, been an hour and 16, 17 minutes, something like that. All right. But, well, because I just want, so I have more questions for you that I'm going to save for yeah. all the episodes to come. We'll talk what? about, we'll, I'll give you my drunk a log. Oh, what is that? <laughs> yeah it's a it's just the word for like all my stories my drunk stories but I'm I really won't give you the whole drunkalog but I know you had questions about sobriety and I'm happy to talk about it and I do yeah maybe it is its own its own episode um I'm sure a lot of people that have known me a long time are sick of hearing about it because I write about it too but but this is our way of letting people get to know us yeah. And then we'll 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 keep learning and getting to know each other even deeper. Yeah. And yeah. and and in the meantime, where are you writing this week? Are you write have you written anything? Are you writing this week that people can go find you? Oh. Um I think I only shared about the podcast on Medium this week, but I, I'll write again. I usually write uh, a couple times a week there, and that is Heather Westberg King. I'm pretty sure this is so funny. I'm just so flying by the seat of my pants with everything in my life right now. I didn't even know what I was doing when I started writing on medium. I was just like, Oh, this works as a place to write things. Um, but I, and I'm using, by the way, Heather Westberg King, that's my maiden name that I grew up with Westberg. Um, and King is from my first marriage. Um, I kept the same name as my kids and I don't use legally the whole thing. But it was like a Facebook thing, like people who knew me from my former life, I used Westberg. And then there's also another Heather King in the world who writes and is in sobriety, Um, has written a memoir about her addiction story. So I I have been keeping the Westberg in there just so I know it confuses people there. I was like, are you that Heather King? I'm like, no, that's not me. That's a totally different one with, with some of the same story. So that's why I'm using Heather Westberg King on like Instagram, Facebook, um, and 
medium. I'm pretty sure. I'd have to look. I'd have to look. I'm pretty sure it's Heather Westberg King on medium too. Or okay. Heather J. King. Could be Heather J. King. It could be anything. We will find you. Oh, and actually, like, so I guess this is a good time to mention that there is a Writing Threads Facebook page. And yeah. A private group if you feel like you can be in on that. That's other yeah. places to find us. And I, I mean, and like for me, I uh, did not, like my old blog, Adventures in Baby Wearing is in draft mode. Uh, because I want to go back through and clean it up with the true mm-hmm. stories. So I just started another. And that one is still on Blogger. Mm-hmm. I never switched. And, yeah. um, and then I just started a different blog spot for just like my current life. And that one I titled So Very Flawed. F-L-A-U-D-E. It was a play on, you know, being a flawed person. But it just... Mm-hmm kind of felt I don't know one day that just came and it's so very flawed.blogspot.com and it's just a place to write and I feel encouraged by I want to answer some of these questions that I asked you I think I might use them as writing prompts this week yeah and and just do some writing and um I and I want to say like our Facebook group is a great way to go in and answer these questions for yourself I want to know I want to know all of these qu- answers to these questions about everyone. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, in so the, the Facebook, the private Facebook group is a procrastination of writers. It's the writing threads community thing. Um, and then, yeah, it's writing threads podcast on the regular Facebook page. Um, and I did just look at medium and I, it is Heather J King. Apparently I'm just being a lot of names in a lot of places. Well, that's good. We took care of that yeah. before we ended here. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever, but, um, yeah. And then I want to say that we do have, we have a wonderful guest coming next time too. It's exciting. And we won't say yet because, you know, stuff happens in life. We don't know how the week's going to go, but we're planning to record with someone about, um, some oh, yeah. really good stuff next week. will be good. Yeah, next week. And that's it. I think that's it, Steph. I think you asked me such fun questions. Oh, so did random. You have fun? Was this I, lighter? Was this fun? Yeah, yeah, okay. I did. It was, it, you know, I haven't thought about that stuff for a long time. I think it's fun for people to think about it. And I would encourage people to try to write about even just one of those questions. Um, you know, just think about it and tell a little story. And something we else we need to keep mentioning is that we would love people to send us their writing, something short, something mm-hmm. where they just sat down and wrote. And if one of these prompts works, that's awesome. Um, Cause we would love to read it on the podcast. It doesn't always have to be our writing that we're reading. Yes. Um, we want to share other people's writing. And so we do have it. We have an email too. look at all the things we're remembering. Oh, shoot, um, we had an email. <laughs> me too. I wonder if there's anything in it. I should probably check it. <laughs> okay. So is it writing threads podcast at gmail.com? I think so. <laughs> Let's go with that. We are so good at this. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't remember either. I love this about us though. It's yeah. like, 
what if we really, really were perfectionists, control freaks about this? We would have it no would time for anything happen. out. It's because no. then it would never happen. Yes. And look you're here, right. we already we're at 82 minutes and it's, <laughs> you know, yeah. we did it. And that's what <laughs> we, we had did to it. do. I, I know people, okay, we can end, but I just want to say it's still funny when people will say congratulations on the podcast because I feel like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, oh, we basically just went like, we like did it and then thought about it later. And, (laughs) you know, I am so, maybe it makes me love it even more. It's true. And you know what? In such a great way, I don't think about it. Like during the week, you know, like sometimes I'll have ideas about it or you and I will be talking and I'll get all fired up and keep you chatting forever. But like, my life doesn't allow for me to think about it. Neither does yours. Like, it's just, we got to get our things done and, oh, look, now it's time for some fun. And then we move on. So so please have, find ways to have fun. Yeah. It's never too late. It's never too late. Go dance in someone's yard. Make it perfect. You don't have to plan and get everything in place and have it all be perfect. No, just do it. Just right. Just have fun. Just, just make a podcast. Do. Yeah, just wh- whatever. Mm-hmm. Just send us send us a, a piece of writing, even if you think you're not a writer. Yeah, please do. Somebody please send us something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, Heather. This is love fun. you. Love you. Yeah. Talk to you later. Okay. This has been Writing Threads, and we're so grateful that you stayed here with us today. Remember, take some time this week to just write, even just a minute or two, a vignette of your life or your thoughts, and you're always welcome to share those words with us. Hopefully, we will be able to share them on the show, and you can send them to us at writingthreadspodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook. The Facebook page is called The Writing Threads Podcast. And our private Facebook group is called A Procrastination of Writers and Those Who Love Them. Thank you again for joining us. I hope you have a good week. Take care. We love you. <laughs>